On this episode of the Packet of Pod, we talk about our yearly trip to the Twin Cities of Minnesota, and we also talk about how A.J. Dillon is the man in Green Bay. If you haven't already, subscribe to your podcast platform of choice and hit follow on Instagram and Twitter at the Packers Pod. Go to the ground, Dylan, fighting and backing his way in for the game's first touchdown. I can't believe they made that call, and that's why, with this guy, Dylan, though. Hey there, everybody, and welcome back to the Pack It Up Packers podcast. This is Ryan, joined as always by Josh and Dan. Hello, gents. Yes. Boys, good to be back. It's a good week. Wish. I wish we were going to Surly Brewing and not U.S. Bank Stadium this weekend. Mm, true that. I uh, well, let's let's start on happy news before we talk about this Minnesota game, which she has trap game written all over it. And I wanted to bring up the man that had maybe the greatest week ever in A.J. Dillon. Not only showing up and winning the game for the Packers. He gets a, a key to Door County. He goes and talks about how he's there every off day he can. He talks about how he bought into the Packers stock release because why else wouldn't I want to be a part of this franchise for the rest of my life? I know in the, the grand scheme of the sports world, it's very easy for young guys to show their love. It's all good. And then when the money talks later, that's what we'll see what really happens. But we all really, really love AJ Dillon to the max right now, right? Oh yeah. I I'm, yeah. I'm already starting to miss him if he leaves. Yeah, I'm I'm glad you <laughs> caveated that with like we all know what actually could happen here, but he's got a great agent and he's making the most of his life for the time being. And he got pro uh, he got pro he, he got proposed. He got engaged in Door County. Who wouldn't want to be in Door County in all their spare time? I mean, this is a podcast of three guys that chose to move out of the state of Wisconsin. But if you tell me one, th- if you give me two things I miss, it's Summerfest and Door County. So, I mean, if you get a chance to go from Green Bay to Door County during the week, I would do it in a heartbeat. Yeah, and there's hey. a lot of stories about how he had gotten drafted. Three days later, he had moved to Green Bay. He did not stop. He just went straight out there. And I believe his fiance he actually met in Green Bay. So the man has has not only stepped in to be a Green Bay Packer, he is from wife to life gone all in on the Green Bay community in general. There's the podcast title from wife to life. <laughs> oh, from wife to life. Aaron Jones also a uh, you know, new owner of the Green Bay Packers. I wonder how many players actually did it. Yeah, that was fun. I was getting texted by friend of the pod, Andy Gill, about my take on not buying shareholder stock. And I'm not going to retract my sentiment because I still didn't buy some, but I get it. I get that it's cool. It's what makes the Packers unique. It's just not the way I choose to spend my money. But like Andy, I said, Andy, we still love you, man. We like still I love said, you. Like I said last week, I spend my money on plenty of dumb stuff. It's just not that one. <laughs> but it was cool to see the Twitter battle of like them trying to get into the portal and get access to purchase to donate part of their salary back to their employer. <laughs> Essentially is what they're doing. 
Yeah, and as far as I know, no Bears uh, own the Packers, so we at least kept them off the uh, ownership stake. That so it's only a one-way, only one-way battle. Imagine if Justin Fields like replied on Twitter with like, "I also own a share." Hey, AJ Dillon, I'm right behind you. <laughs> also part owner. Just give me a year or two. <laughs> so let's that turn our attention. Let's turn our attention to the Minnesota Vikings, who. I mean, there's some very interesting stuff when you look into this team. They're four and five, but they're in every single game. They are the epitome of a team that plays to the level of their opponent. So they'll lose by one to the Cardinals. They'll lose by four to the Cowboys, three to the Ravens. But then they'll struggle to beat the Lions by two and the Panthers by seven. They are one of these teams that just it's it's crazy because it looks like they have the team to make a run and yet they're sitting here three games behind the green bay packers and would i'm officially declaring a must win for their season this is a true make or break for the minnesota vikings so let's talk about this minnesota vikings offense which again uh, this is now how many weeks in a row we're facing a team with legit players that haven't quite made the jump like we're all expecting it dalvin cook 600 close to 650 yards only three touchdowns uh kirk cousins has an 18 to 2 touchdown in interception ratio and the man that i will always remember as my my summer love that just played out of his mind in college. Justin Jefferson is going off this year, and that doesn't even include a whole lot of other players that they have on the roster that can cause some damage. So with the ever-so-present injury bug in the Packers lineup, can we contain this Minnesota Vikings offense? Yeah, great, great question. Um, the offense is their stronger half of this team. Uh, you know, it's loaded with talent. Uh, you know, everybody knows the names, but, you know, Cook, Jefferson, Thalen, even Osborne looks really good out there. Um, and then the new tight end, Conklin, uh, Tyler Conklin, a pretty decent pass threat. Um, so it, it it's interesting because I, I, I haven't watched a lot of Vikings games. I've watched the last couple um, but uh, after watching their last couple, you, you look at their record and they're like, what the heck went wrong? Um, and, and specifically in the offense, they just can't come in clutch. It seems, uh, at the end of some games, um, Wait, where so, have I heard that before uh, where Kirk cousins. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But, <laughs> but I think this defense can have really good success up front. Uh, you know, their offensive line has, is pretty decent. Uh, you know, we gave, I, I know Bradbury, we gave some, uh, crap last time, but he's actually pretty darn good now. Um, so it'll be interesting how our defensive tackles who have been having just tremendous success, um, continue to get pushed. We gave, we gave Bradbury a hard time the first go round, but then, by the end of the season, he That's was right. a That's much right. better center than he was uh, at the start of his. Is he in his second year now? And in, in his rookie go against Kenny Clark, uh, he did not have a good showing, but he had gotten much better. But ironically, I listened to a couple of Vikings podcasts just to get the tone from them, and they're pretty confident for uh, uh, you know just about a 500 record. Uh, but they do call out like potential changes on the interior of the offensive line, which I find interesting, and I, I think that's one of the spots the Packers could have success, but. Ryan, your intro kind of sums it up perfectly because uh, the Vikings have all the names, but they're not very consistent. They're not as steady as you would like them to be. 
But at this, on the same side of the coin, what are the Packers coming into this week? I mean, the defense is top three in the league. We've been playing lights out, but now no Rashawn Gary on top. Of, well, Rashawn's actually practicing, so maybe he is going to be playing. Um, but are we good enough to hold up to a team that can run, throw underneath, and throw over the top? I don't know. I think this is one that's going to challenge us a little bit more. Uh, but I got so many like ways to take this game. I could talk really nicely about the Vikings, and I could also throw them under the bus. Cousins is still making a ton of risky throws. He, mm-hmm. He'll still fumble the ball. He'll still get pressured and take risks that he doesn't need to be taking. So to me, that says he's just as beatable as always. But in you know the ESPN stat category, uh, the kickoff's at noon central. So he'll play pretty well, right? It's not a primetime game. Uh, at, the media is loving Kirk Cousins' year. I'll, I'll pass the mic at this point. But when I dive into the stats... He's got 81 more attempts than Aaron Rodgers. And the narrative is that Rodgers is kind of having a slow year and Cousins is lights out. He's got 81 more attempts, but only one more touchdown. Yeah, expectations are always higher. I mean, for number 12, uh, Kirk, or not Kirk, <laughs> Aaron Rodgers. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think Kirk Cousins is playing better in the fact that he's not turning the ball over as much as last year. Um, I, I think the Packers actually could force some turnovers out of him. Yeah, you know, he's, small he's hands cousins. So. Just because they're not being caught by the defense doesn't mean he's not throwing balls. It, or, exactly. But, you know, those analysts don't see that. They just see the numbers. And his right, numbers look decent. So, you know, but 7.2 average per pass, you know, that's on the lower end also. So how much is dumping off to Dalvin Cook and these letting the wide receivers do the work with their feet, um, which I give us the upper hand in because our tackling has just been phenomenal. So, yeah, I mean, a great offense, I think. I think the Minnesota Vikings are a great offense. I mean, even just looking at their numbers. I mean, Dalvin Cook's up there in top running backs. Uh, Justin Jefferson is top in wide receivers. So. Yeah, but Dalvin's only got three touchdowns while being top ten in carries and yards. Uh, Justin Jefferson's got all the yardage, but then in the red zone it goes to Thielen. You know, he's got seven touchdowns, even though less catches, less yards, less targets than – Justin Jefferson, who only has three touchdowns, if I recall correctly. But yet at the same time, the Vikings are the only team in the NFL to be leading by seven points in every game this season. So to Ryan's point again, they're just so inconsistent that that I have this theory. Hear me out. There's two kinds of offensive play callers in the NFL. There's the offensive play callers that start the game to score some points. They script their first 15 plays and they say, these are our shot plays. We're going to go put up seven and then we'll we'll adjust from there. And then there's play callers that say, in our first 15 plays, we're going to give you a couple looks. We're going to see how the defense reacts to it. We're going to throw underneath. We're going to do a check down. We're going to do some play action. We're going to do a tight end uh, quarterback bootleg to the tight end. And we're just going to see how you're lining up against us because that's going to set up our shot plays in the third and fourth quarter. It appears the Vikings are the latter. They're going to want to get their points early. They're going to want to script 15 plays that puts them up early. But maybe the adjustments aren't all there. And I think the Packers are the former. I I think I switched former and latter. But you get what I'm saying. The Packers are the kind that script their 15 plays to make you show some things. And then they'll go to attack it later. And I think that's the difference you might see in this game. Is If the Vikings get up early, I, I wouldn't be too scared. I think it's going to be a close game. But if they're up 7 or 10 points early, you know, the barn's not on fire. 
I think we can still come back. Yeah, it's interesting because you look at this receiving core, which uh, harks back to everything we discussed in terms of how well Cousins has played this year. Um, and when you look at big plays, so at plays 20 yards or over, on the Packers, we have Devontae Adams, who is a beast at 14, and then everybody on the team is four or under. Jefferson has 13. Thielen has 10. So these two are getting it done, but as you mentioned, they aren't necessarily converting those to touchdowns. And what was really interesting is when you have this receiving core that has decent numbers with yardage, they have the lowest or second to lowest first downs through completions in the NFL. So they're getting nearly close to 58% of their first downs on the ground where the average is really kind of skewed the other way. So it's, it's, it's one of those things that, it just and I know I've I've read on Twitter before with this Vikings team that there's been a lot of questions about play calling, that they tend to be very, very conservative, that they have these players that can get the job done. But it's it's average. All right, let's go. Let's get our eight yards. Let's get our eight yards. I guarantee you there's going to be some times in this game where the Minnesota Vikings need eight yards and they do routes that are six yards and you scratch your head going, you have the players to get this. What are you doing? Uh, it's just they hurt themselves more often than not by just getting a lead and then for some reason packing it in, even though it's a one possession game. So I hope yeah. that happens again because yeah, I did uh, see a I'll, lot. I'll do that. I did see a lot of underneath action in the last couple of weeks where I, I started to tune in a little closer, knowing they were coming up against us. Tyler Conklin, the tight end, and then Chris Herndon, the, the tight end they went and got from the Jets to be more of a, a pass threat. Uh, hasn't really turned out to be that, but them and then they deploy a ton of I formation and actually leverage a fullback, which you don't see much in this league anymore. CJ must be the brother of Darvin Ham, uh, lead blocker for Dalvin Cook, but then he can also be a pass catching weapon. But all of those passes tend to be, you know, five yards and less. So, yeah, it's an interesting stat you throw out there because there's a lot of checkdowns, but yet they got Jefferson and Thielen that can make a big play at any time. So, I love where this is headed because I'm not sure what your predictions are going to be. And I still don't know what my prediction is going to be. I think I'm just going to make it up on the fly. (laughs) So let's turn our attention to this offense that will for sure be without Aaron Jones. And the unfortunate news is today during a press conference, LaFleur mentioned Bakhtiari is not close to being back. And the way he mentioned it, it seemed like almost a positive assessment that he will be back after the bye. So we'll have three more weeks of him just kind of sitting there and waiting. It it did not seem as though, and by this practice schedule, he was not on the field again this week. So that's disappointing. So we'll have to see how we put it together. But this offense that was moving the ball all right against Cincinnati or uh, (laughs) Seattle, now goes to Minnesota where you know that crowd's going to be a little crazy. There's going to be some moments of some bad timeouts. I can already picture it uh, happening. But let's talk about this defense that will be without Hunter, who was put on an IR two weeks ago. Hendricks is having an awesome season. Oh, yeah. And they are str- – Kendricks. Kendricks is having an awesome season and a quality safety duo in Minnesota. Yeah, and Harrison Smith is back off of the COVID list. They had six guys on the COVID list. Um, I, I think it all starts with the Packers injury. I mean, Bach looks nowhere close. Uh, Devontae is a full participant but has a shoulder injury, apparently. Rodgers has a toe injury from being on the COVID list. Everyone's confused by that and is not practicing. So 
some of that uh, staleness, some of that misconnections we, that I called out against Seattle, um, is it necessarily going to be solved because he hasn't been practicing? I, I'm not so sure about that. And then, honestly, one that concerns me, uh, you know, on top of all of that is Alan Lazard not practicing. Uh, and hopefully it's one of those not practicing so he can play on Sunday. But, man, the Packers injuries keep stacking up. And and you talked about the Vikings' Daniil Hunter going on IR. He's still their leading sack getter with six. Uh, but the team as a whole has 29, which is five more than the Green Bay Packers do. So they've still found a way to manufacture sacks with linebackers. Kendricks has four of them. Uh, and then, like, all their D tackles have one to two. So they've, they've found a way to still create pressure without their stud, right? That, I mean, that would be us be us losing uh, Zadarius Smith. Oh, wait, yeah, we did lose him <laughs> pass rusher. But they're getting some some secondary guys back. Uh, Pat Peterson is also coming back from a hamstring. He's activated off of IR. Um, so whether he plays or not is still questionable. Uh, but this defense is another one that like they could cause us problems, but uh, interested in your take, Josh, because I think their weak spot is the interior of the defensive line, which against AJ Dillon sounds like a good thing. It is. It is. And you know, Aaron Jones has had success against the Vikings. Um, So it is sad not to see him play. I love seeing him and cook go at it. Um, But this, this Vikings defense, Eric Kendricks is playing out of his damn mind. The man, I yes. I, I yes. watched the film. He looks like Demario Davis out there. He is playing easy top five linebacker, if not one of the best. I, I mean, my it, notes. He's not Fred Warner, but he's just below him. I mean, I've always liked him. He's always been a really quick linebacker, great um, on, on cover coverage too. But now, like you said, he has four sacks already, and and more pressures than just that. I mean, he is a part of their pass rush. Um, but he he was in in so many plays uh, in the past two games that I watched. I mean, it, it was insane. But yeah, other than Eric Hendricks, though, like Ryan said, the safeties. Uh, I was sort of down on Harrison Smith last year. I don't know. He didn't really look that 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 good. I mean, maybe it was just because of the lack of corner help um, and just too much young guys. Um, but he, he looks a little refreshed this year. Um, and, and the mixture of him and Xavier Woods, I mean, it is a little lethal. But are they going to try to creep those guys up? To, because like what you said, A.J. Dillon will be going up the middle more. And will there be some space to go deep? Well, that's interesting that you bring it up, and I agree completely with the interior defense being an issue. And this is, again, one of these stat things where you look at it and go, what are the Minnesota Vikings? I don't understand this. Mm-hmm. They had the fifth most yards against on the ground, but the second best defense in the NFL on removing big rushing plays. So mm. they've only given up three total rushes that have gone for over 20 yards. Second best in the NFL, yet they're giving up the fifth most overall yardage on the ground in the NFL. That's really it makes weird. No sense at all. That's so really weird. Again, like the offense, they like to chip away, chip away, chip away, and the defense happens to be that same damn thing. Of they will give you yards, they will bend but not break. But it's just a weird defense and a weird team overall, where you look at it and go, we can get yards. 
And I wish this game was just a cold, frigid game in Lambeau because I think that this is a game that we give the ball to Dylan 20 times and go, just keep hammering the middle, bring in these safeties, force their hand, and let Aaron Rodgers then go deep to MVS, let Adams do his thing. But it's just one of these defenses that they have quality everywhere, but yet they have no definitive weakness where you go, that's it, that is the place to be because even though they're giving up yards – they're giving it up in much, much smaller quantities than just about everybody else in the NFL. Yeah, I think if you're going to have success, we talked about the safeties. Even when Harrison Smith was out, they got a rookie fourth rounder out of Cal, Cameron Bynum, uh, that had an interception and a sack in the last two weeks. Like it, He didn't play that bad. I mean, a rookie against Aaron Rodgers, he's probably going to identify him and try to see, you know, if he's still getting reps with Harrison Smith back, Rodgers is going to look for him. But if you look at the corners, Mackenzie Alexander, Bashad Breeland, we're familiar with him, Harrison Hand, Cam Dantzler, I mean, you know Devontae is going to have all eyes on him. It, it, I think we say it every week, but if there's ever a week where wide receiver number two and three, you know, MVS, Randall Cobb, they need to have a day here. I mean, I'm looking at them because you got one running back. You don't have the rotation. You don't have Tunyon at tight end. You got two safeties that can help shade Devontae's way. You need two and three to really show up, and and that's the the spot in the Vikings defense where I think you could probably attack a little. So that's what I'm looking for. They're, they're not necessarily my MVP pick, but I'm hoping Cobb and Lazard, if he plays, and MVS can you know accumulate – 10 total catches for you know like 140 yards amongst them because that'll open up the rest of what we need to have success with so let's get to our wonderful predictions for this game in minnesota at 1 p.m uh i'll go first i think it's my turn to go so i'll just get this right out of the way I, like everybody I believe on this podcast, has flipped (laughs) their thought process multiple times. One part is I hate being on the road with a banged-up backers team that always seems to either make make a significant move in Minnesota, but they also have these games each and every year. One of the two games against Minnesota just is a stinker, and I feel as though it's this one. But then you look at Minnesota, who they've played at home. They whooped up on the Seahawks, great and dandy, but then they lost the Browns, squeaked by the Lions, lost the Cowboys. They're actually one of the worst home teams this year in terms of output that they've done on on home turf, which is mind-blowing. But I, I just think that this is one of those games that it's tight. It just – we don't have that spark that we need. Uh, and so I think that Packers are going to go right back to their 24-point score, but it's going to be Minnesota Vikings scoring a late touchdown to win it, 27-24. Dylan needs to be a man. Uh, he he played amazing last week. I would love to see consecutive weeks of him being a stud. Great. Celebrate being a stockholder. Enjoy the Door County moment. You're on every ESPN show. This is awesome. Now is when you prove that you're an NFL back by doing it not just once but consistently, and here's his time to shine. So I I hope it happens, and I hope that we can just wear them down and keep Minnesota's offense off the field. Mm, 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 mm. You know, based on being in division, 
Zimmer's familiarity with Rodgers, those two have a mutual respect, and it's fun to watch them duel because Zimmer's calling the defense, essentially. And then the Vikings being a little more healthy. Minnesota fans, I will give you the respect of a one-point loss. I'm not comfortable with it, but I'm going to give you the respect of the Vikings losing by one point. Wow, all those two Vikings fans that are listening to this thought for yeah, sure we were going to go majority on on them. Huh? All, all right. Go we'll have a drink on me at Surly, <laughs> which is like the coolest brewery outside of Lagunitas on the south side of Chicago. But Packers 27, Vikings 26. If we're going to have an MVP, you know a guy who's been having a stellar year, but for the last couple of weeks just haven't had the plays go his way, Devondre Campbell. No splash plays for a little bit. Kirk will give you the chance to make a splash play. Get the ball in your hands. Go get it. Close this game out. I think it's going to be a nail-biter. And, and hey, be careful. Nwangu at kick returner is pretty good for the Vikings. Shot call. Might not be good. <laughs> Man, I just switched my pick again. Um, <laughs> I, I, I also agree. I mean, playing in Minnesota, is, especially with their offense, you know, Anything can happen on one play. Uh, they have very big playability um, at multiple positions. Uh, so that anytime you play a team like that, even if you are up 14, it can be a tie game real quick. Um, so with that, I do have the Packers winning 31 to 27. Uh, like you said, Dan, I, I think it's it's going to come down to our D. Uh, you know, can this D just contain the offense and get them off the field? Yes, they'll get some yards. Maybe they'll get some field goals. They do have an amazing kicker. Um, but it, it, it'll be interesting to see. But my MVP, Ryan brought it up, MVS, I think he gets deep multiple times. I think A.J. Dillon is going to be a focus of this coaching staff uh, to just control the clock, and it's going to open things up deep. Um, now, the question is, will our offensive line keep that defensive line at bay? Uh, they, they, not many teams have been able to do it, so it, uh, we'll we'll see. We'll see. The big boys have got to come up big. Yeah, it's crazy. We played them, was it last year or two years ago, that it was a make or break for the Vikings team, and they came into Lambeau and they won. And you can't help but feel it's the same way. If this Vikings team goes to now 4-6 and six, while Green Bay goes to 9-3, and three, Green Bay could wrap up this division by by three weeks from now. It's insane. So it's just it, it would be a huge, huge, huge win for the Packers if they can get this on the road. Question: Don't don't you guys just feel like the Packers are just too confident to lose this game, though? No, I feel like they're too confident, but then I don't think it's to win. It's the we feel so mm. confident that we go in and get punched in the mouth a little bit, uh, and that's my worry. Is Dylan in the first guess. quarter has ten total the, yards? Uh, yeah, this is the one in division team that essentially plays as close every time. There's there's a couple marks on the record either way, but. This is the biggest rival in division right now. You don't walk in too confidently into their stadium when you're four games up on the division. I'm okay being confident, but too confident? I don't think they're too confident. Well, we'll see. I believe Minnesota Vikings only had four people on the injury list, while the Packers once again listed every single person. So we'll we'll see as this week goes on into the weekend who is uh, who's really going to play and all that. But until then... 
let's let's congratulations to all the new Packers owners. Uh, hopefully, mm-hmm. the I'm sure the frame department in the local Green Bay Michaels was on fire this week, getting everybody ready for what's about to come in the mail. But until then, thanks everybody. Go pack, go.